Hey, what's going on? This is Jules Jan from Storytelling Secrets Podcast to help you get more customers, make more per customer, and keep them coming back with the power of the pen. So I've got something really exciting to share with you. Uh, it is something you could use. Let's let's paint the picture a bit. So I had someone who randomly reached out to me being like, hey, Jules, remember you from about a year ago at a networking event? Would you like to come do a, we'd like to know what you do for your services um, for our clients, would you be interested in getting on a call and telling about it? And naturally, my reaction was like, no, <laughs> I don't. Because um, after going through, which I'm going to be dropping next week, which is how I write a VSL and the product that we sold for it and the product we sold for the video sales letter that I've done with the past client is how to stop going on discovery calls, wasting your time and actually get people to commit to a paid discovery call like 1500 bucks so that you can solve their problems and it's actually achievable and people are getting insanely good close rates on the back end of that but anyways um i would eventually said look i don't do these for free anymore um you get this this and this if you were to pay for it and he was like well i think he i don't think he was ready for that pitch and he was like well i just we just want to know if we can refer you on to people or if you'd be a good client for us can't you just tell us what you do or if you got something to send us and I was going to be lazy and just send him the loom. <laughs> but then I realized, well, hey, actually, I haven't really done any case study since I started doing list management. So I said to this guy, look, I'm going to send you, I'm going to, I want to create a case study and you guys can just be an audience. If you guys want to move forward at the end, that's cool. And if not, I totally understand. And he's like, yeah, cool. Let's just do that. So I'm going to be now playing for you that case study video and a lot of people freak out like, what do I include on a case study? You might start Googling and you'll, you'll get some, I think, not that good stuff on on Google. And I'll tell you why is because um, they're not written by copywriters <laughs> and copywriters know how to um, get people's attention, answer objections and keep them hooked the whole way through. So that's how I structured my case study is I wanted it to arouse curiosity, um, um, plant some seeds, open a loop, don't close it, um, tell a story, get people intrigued, get people emotionally invested in who I am, and then um, always bring up objection and solving with proof. The wrong way, in my opinion, is just being like, here's a problem, here's a solution, here's how we did it. Like, yeah, you did it, but it, it sounds, it's uh, it's like people expecting, it's kind of boring. So today's today's podcast is a bit of a longer one. If you're a long-time listener and you enjoy my podcast, you're definitely going to like this. Um, it's me going through the whole um, case study and sure, I'll be talking about results and stuff, but um, I'm not here to pitch you anything, that's what I'm trying to say. Just listen to how I structured it. Just listen to how I opened it, what, how I brought up objections, how I showed but didn't tell, how I spoke about what the strategy was but not how we did it, so to speak. You'll notice very clear difference there. I don't tell them how. I just show them what I did. Um, and then it's just like a very subtle call to action at the end. So take note. If 
when me and uh, Andrew were talking about this, I said, can I kill two birds with one stone and record this as a case study so I can use it for myself and still present it to you? He's like, yeah, sure, why not? So um, there might be some things I might say in this that are redundant being like, click the button below or something like that. So just, just bear with me. Um, cool. All right. So I want to make this as interesting and fun as possible because I know email might seem boring or like maybe you've heard stories like it's dead. Um, and it's definitely not. Um, and I want to talk to you about quick case study, how I took this guy's email, it was dead email list from zero to $140,000. This is US dollars too in 60 days. Um, and it was a list of 2,400 people. So not a lot. Um, and yeah, this is where I'm going to do the classic, like, who is this video for? Um, so like I said, a little bit of redundant if, uh, cause I know what you guys are here for, here to learn if this is a good fit for your clients or whatever, but, um, yeah, you should keep listening if you've got a, like a dormant list, it's barely got a pulse, not sure how to monetize it. Um, maybe you're really super busy with fulfillment or sales with your offer. You just don't have time to strategize um, how to think long-term with your customer base and the list. And, and this is a big one. Maybe you can write, but you just got no bandwidth for what to actually include um, in terms of the emails and strategy. And um, maybe it feels a bit daunting. So uh, you guys definitely fit in this category of an agency. So this definitely works for your coach, your consultant, course creator, or an agency owner. Um, it will really help if you have a proven offer or a program or a product that gets people results. Um, that's the backbone of this. Like it needs to get results. Uh, you already have an email list. That's, that's super powerful as well. If you're getting opt-ins from like a lead magnet um, or from paid ads, that's definitely a bonus. going to make it a lot easier. Um, if you're looking for a cost-effective way to scale without pouring a bunch of money into acquisition, um, I'm going to I'm going to roll you through these today, um, and I am going to give you lots of examples too, and not just praise of being like he's awesome because I think we've all seen testimonials like that before. So what I'll do is um, I'll just do my 30-ish minute presentation. That's so much of time today, and then got some questions at the end. So before I want to get into John's case study, John was the guy I showed you at the start. Um, who am I and why should you listen to me? So um, I started at the very bottom of the barrel. In, that's me on the left there, being a gym instructor. Um, in 2019, I was had a real passion for marketing. I was doing some like Facebook ads on the side. I was doing what else? Um, like chatbots, just trying to find my own thing. But then um, it wasn't until I got made redundant as a personal trainer because of COVID. And then um, I was kind of just left, what do I do? So I started writing emails on Upwork for nothing. And on the right here was my office. It's not as grim as it actually seems, but um, I just moved with my girlfriend at the time to Adelaide and we moved into a grandma's before we found accommodation. And that was my office. And I was running the podcast from there. And um, yeah, it's kind of fun to look back at that. But um, how I got better quickly and um, how it's relevant to you is because um, I don't know if you remember JobKeeper, but I had JobKeeper at the time. And instead of spending it on frivolous things, um, I actually just spent JobKeeper on hiring one of Australia's top copywriters to get me good really quickly. So then I would take the money. I would then invest it in Pete. I would then get a good testimony from a client. And then I would use that to get a bigger, better win and a better win and a better win. And I followed that process for two years and, and it worked really well just doing that. So then I've generated some crazy results for clients as a copywriter. Um, this email ad sequence, Facebook ad sequence did 
is doing a million a month right now, and they've brought in 10 million. So this is from Cracking Digital. Um, done 247K launch with Colin Boyd um, and took his EPL, which is earnings per lead, from $65 to $90 on his, um, his launch for his course. And then this is my first ever launch uh, with Rebecca Davis. And we booked in 26 calls. She closed 20 of them. It was a six-figure launch. So that was a bit of a buzz being my first big launch. I won't have to go through that. Um, so yeah, that's like my quick credentials. And, and the reason why should you can you why should you continue watching and consider taking your email list seriously? because uh, I think it's it's like a massive untapped potential. So I found some cool stats here on the internet. Um, over here on, on the left is uh, 64% of sales professionals who cross-sell say email follow-up is the most effective uh, sales strategy. And 80% of sales require five follow-up calls. So um, yeah, and this is where it leads into my next interesting sort of little stat here because uh, I know people love acquisition. So you guys are in the job of acquisition well, like paid ads, PPC. Um, the problem is that there's like... Th- three to 10% of people who are actually ready to hand money right then and there. And the rest are not ready. So they require nurturing. They need to be told it's like, it's okay. Like I know you've been burnt before. And um, this is the, this is a big opportunity with email. Um, And I'm going to go over what I've done with a client as well. So it it really works for picking up the low hanging fruit, but like the, maybe the 7% at the top here who are almost ready, but not quite. And also works super well for, you know, 30, 60, 90 days plus to pick up those extra long-term profits when you have the right system. Um, and if you have at least a thousand people on your list, uh, probably see this gold in this presentation today. Cool. So fun fact, actually, um, I first switched to doing managing people's lists um, as being a fed up copywriter going project to project. Um, so I wrote... These are Troy and Emily from uh, Agency Mavericks. I wrote them a launch. Um, and then at the end, I didn't want to just go project to project. I said, how about I uh, manage your list? And like, what does that look like? I said, um, you know, build a relationship, uh, extract, extract as much profit as possible, that sort of thing. And they're like, yeah, sure. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just relied on my copywriting skills to get me through it. Had no automation skills, nothing. Um, anything like that. Then the second uh, list management position came along and um, this guy called John and um, pretty much just sold John on the idea of list management, even had no idea how to do it. So then I quickly used his money to um, upskill myself into list management for one of the best list managers um, in the game right now. His name's Troy Erickson. And I went through his certification. And then this is where it all sort of clicked and um, where I think you guys can bring a lot of value to your clients as well. Um, And that's when you combine automations, storytelling, influential writing, and deliverability. Deliverability meaning like it actually lands in the primary tab where people can see it and not in the spam or not in the promotions tab. Um, Because when you get all these right, that's that's where a lot of cool results are. Um, So this is where I was able to get go from zero to 140K in deals with um, John. This is assistant John. I got super excited because there was 19 green names when, I, when uh, Levon, his assistant, sent this to me, but um, five of them were before I got started. So I had to revise it. It was only, only 140,000 deals, but pretty cool. And, and it was perfect timing that Andrew reached out. I'm like, great, I can make a case study out of this and get a bit of value out of it. 
So what is the big problem with people's lists right now and email marketing in general and just common flaws I see when, when I'm working with new clients? So I don't know if you've seen this type of email. I've just copied and pasted it from, um, this is what John was doing before. And this is what a lot of people think might be email marketing. It's either send them content to like a blog or a YouTube or something because reciprocity is persuasion, right? Or let's send them a case study that might convince them that we know what we're doing, that what we're doing. And this is what John was doing. He was just, you can see in the left here, it says, meet Jeff, meet Gemma. And the context of this email is, hi, um, me, 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 problem, uh, you know, it's a little transactional. There's no soul. There's no bonding with the person on the other side. There's no, like, I know how you feel because what, like, whatever the problem they're going through. And it's reflecting in the data. So when you've seen the right-hand side here, this email had 10.95% open, which is really low. So out of his whole contacts, 2,100 there, 233 got this email. Um, I think maybe a couple of people booked in, but wasn't, wasn't a great email. So this is, I think what's going, this is what's, what's wrong with people's lists. And it's not their fault because like I said, you don't have the bandwidth to think what's the strategy or you just don't know what the strategy is because everyone seems to have their own opinion and it can get confusing looking at a million different things. Um, but what I'm going to show you today is all it requires is the right strategy by nurturing the right way and not being over salesy and um, you can get really cool results. And when you warm them up and you land them in the primary tab, uh, which I'll show you some examples towards the end. Um, yeah. What we, the reason why I was able to get really good um, results with John was because we all more than doubled his average open rate. So he was going from 10 to 12%, just going like pitch, like case study, case study, pitch, pitch to like more conversational um, story type emails that intertwine the personality of the business owner, that bring up an objection, that arouse curiosity. Uh, you can just see here um, the stop email. I had to refund this guy, best thing that happened. And this is an awesome email that, that worked because we told a real story of how we had to refund this guy $10,000 because that was the price of the offer. Um, and John initially was really pissed off at that, about that. But then what he realized was that after he handed that money, his program was very manual and tedious. And in the process, what had, he had to level up and realize I had to take a lot of this stuff out of the way, create some automation. And since then, his students have been able to go and get results faster. And he's ha he hasn't had to activate the guarantee ever since. So that is a type of story that resonated really well. And we're able to intertwine a lot of the personal side, the slice of life. Um, and it's reflecting well on the data. So I saw this and I did this early in his month. And that's when I started to be like, oh, okay. So now I'm starting to see the patterns that that's starting to work. So it's less on the pitching, pitching, pitch, transactional, and more on like the relationship building, uh, giving value, not necessarily always how to, but just understanding where the person's at. Um, and then a soft pitch at the end. Um, so after 30 days of nurturing and doing this strategic story selling, um, storytelling, story you can see we've got 84 booked calls, um, more than doubled his 
uh, open rate for the welcome email, which sets the scene for everything when they come in um, and reactivated 40% of his list. So he had 2,400 and about 1,000 reactivated since in the first 30 days. So a good rule of, rule of thumb is um, for email strategy, if you could just take a picture of this, it's uh, infrequency and poor strategy equals ghosting and hard times. Whereas if you're consistent and you get good strategy, you get good relationships and um, a lot of money. Um, the hard part is, is figuring out what do you actually, what do you do to restart a relationship when um, you haven't contacted the list for a while or that's where most people are at. They haven't really contacted list for a while. Or maybe they do it once in a while. So here's what we did with um, John to reactivate the um, relationship. Um, cool. So what you're looking at here is, it says the top three profitable recruiting business niches in 2020 you must take advantage of urgently. I didn't know when John handed me uh, his uh, deposit for our arrangement that his list was dead. He hadn't contacted his list for three months. All he had was um, some YouTube ads, some follow-up emails, and that was it. So he had about 2,200 people just sitting there, hadn't had an email. So thinking about this, I thought, right, what's a good way to get them reinterested and potentially make a sale along the way? So instead of just giving them some crappy PDF and just or, or something like that, I wanted to arouse a lot of curiosity and answer a burning question they might have, especially when someone is thinking of starting recruiting. So just for a bit of context, John, he teaches his clients how to start their own profitable recruiting business. Probably should that at the start. Um, but I know a big objection that they would have is, oh, I'm at my job right now, not making a lot of money as a recruiter. How is it even possible to make $20,000 commission as a recruiter? So to tie this all in, I wanted to create a freebie that answers this that also dangles a solution and showcases a lot of proof. Um, so that was the strategy of this reactivation campaign. They get value and we get a chance to show them that there's a better way. Um, and just by using the subject line, remember me, question mark, um, 500 people were able to see this. I think it's a super powerful reactivation campaign anyone can use and potentially pick up an extra sale or two. Um, so the formula that I've got here is that you pretty much just answer a burning question, you dangle the solution, and then you back it up with proof. So um, I ask, so what are the top three profitable niches? Like here's one of the niches, sales and digital marketing. I back it up with stats from a site, a government site I found in five minutes, and then showcase some proof just to show what we're doing. At the end, very soft call to action. If you need help with this, uh, if you want some more information, click the link here. Happy to help. If not, totally fine. You know, got some great content planned for the weeks coming up. And um, yeah, just started the, the next phase of getting this list warm and ready, um, which you might probably be wondering is, this is where we do the strategic storytelling. Like I told you before with um, having, to, having to give that guy a refund and making the program even better. So I get asked a lot, like Jules, what do I write about like what's what are the templates or what's the perfect strategy um i wish i could give a simple answer but there isn't any uh, part of part of the reason why i think i was able to get results well is because part of being a copywriter is that you have to understand your avatar inside out and to do that you have to know what objections are people going to have 
Um, and, and this just makes such good content when it comes to um, like just covertly, subtly selling. Um, you can bring up objections and then solve them with proof. So what objections do your agency clients have? Like I've been bet before. I've done this. I've gone through this. It's expensive. Um, I don't have the time for this. What happens if you send me leads? I'm not able to close them. Um, you can write out 10, 15, 20 different objection ideas um, and then tie that together with, with proof, with testimonials, with story. And don't make it like I showed you at the start where it's like, here's a problem. Here's a solution. Here's what happened. Um, you, you start in the middle of the story. Like this person was, uh, this person was fed up with blah, blah, blah. Another good option is to Google a horror story of your industry and then explain how you do things differently and then tie in strategic proof. So there's some content ideas you can run with. And that's what I normally do with my clients. Um, another thing as well is what do they need to believe in order to ascend into a customer? So what I love to think about is, okay, so where are they at right now? Where do they want to go? What's their end desired state? And then what's in, what's in the middle? Because there's all these stories and past emotional baggage and, and just bullshit that they, that they believe it's not their fault that is not helping them and it's not helping them get to the end result. Um, and that's part of your job in this email strategy is to just slowly, slowly, slowly build belief that, oh my God, like I have to work with Andrew because I'm, there's no other way. I hope that makes sense. Um, and then how can we get them to know, like, and trust us faster? Um, so those are my three objectives when it comes to strategizing writing emails for long-term. Cool. Are you guys following with me so far? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, so yeah, how do you build the no license, no like and trust factor faster? Um, storytelling is, is by far the best way. I do it in nearly all the emails. I love to use images and everything else. So um, how do you go about finding stories? You could go to Reddit or Facebook groups, sometimes they're okay. Like sometimes you'll find a story, but it's really missing the key connection part. And that's you or your clients as the personality, as the business owner. So what I love doing is sitting, so this is me, obviously I picked the most happy part of the conversation with Troy. Um, I sit down, have a conversation with them, suck out everything from what are your values? What are your hobbies? What do you like doing on weekends? Do you have a family? What do you like being about a dad? What do you not like about being a dad? How did you start business? What were some challenges you had along the way? Um, right there, I've just gotten seven, eight different email ideas that I can tie into that have a parallel objective with say like, oh, and by the way, this is actually kind of relevant with what I offer. Um, and this is kind of bonding stuff that's super, super powerful. Um, I'll show you right here. So yeah, you've seen the result at the top, but down the bottom here is with um, where you can see email regarding just don't quit motivation for the weekend. Part of, some of my emails don't even pitch. They just, they're just they just there to ask them questions, build a relationship, inspire them to motivate them. And that is putting depositing into the emotional bank account of the list, which means that when I want to actually withdraw money, like literally, um, I've got permission to do so because people like us. They like they know us. They trust us. Um, so there's there's always a balance between um, telling stories and selling, and just telling stories to um, build a relationship with that list. And I think that's the key thing I wanted to get away. I want you guys to take away from this. So 
what you might be wondering as well, what does a great list manager actually do for a business? And I think they're super powerful. Well, the first thing is they pick up low hanging fruit with automation and good copy. So for an example here, this is a win back call sequence. So a low hanging fruit that so many businesses don't include is when someone lands on the calendar, um, do you have a follow-up email sequence in place to get them back onto a call? It's not, most of the time, it's actually not because they didn't want to get in the call. It's because they got distracted. So we got 10 calls at one back from this and John's team roughly closed one in five. He has a 10K offer. So that's 20K just from including um, this, this automation sequence with the right copy. Um, another example is getting people to show up to sales calls. So it's one thing to just let someone book in a call, but are we making them feel safe? Are we making them excited? Do we want them to show up on a, on a call? Um, unfortunately, I don't have the stats to bring to this one, but um, we're able to bring up from agency, agency Mavericks or my other clients from 40 to 67% just by having a good show up email sequence that you know, dangled the community. It said, look, we didn't say we're the best community. It said like, here are all the cool places we get to go as a community. Um, so those are just some ideas with getting, um, using automation, good copy. Something else the list managers should be able to do is, is um, flood your calendar with book calls and sales by building a relationship with the list. So um, by telling stories, by communicating with the list, not always pitching in every single email, that's a sign of a good list manager. Um, and they also remove a lot of bandwidth from your headspace. So ideally, you don't want to have to be checking in on them all the time. Um, like getting this info from one of my clients, Troy, he's like, the thing I like about usuals is that I just don't have to think. It's like you own the list and then it's done basically. So ideally you don't want someone who's always having to ask for permission, like sure at the start, but to, to like, to really let them in their own space. Um, yeah, they should, they should just get in there, know exactly what to do. Just ask for you for some stuff and then get busy. Um, and probably the most valuable thing most people overlook is the relationship you build with your list as a list manager. So um, there's a, the list is your asset basically. And the more you put in, the more you get out. It's, it's yours to keep for years to come. You're not at the mercy of slaps of um, Google slaps or algorithm changes. And um, ideally we want to be creating raving fans in the process. So um, this, is, this is an example of one person, what's called a love letter, where they've gotten really involved with the question. The question was, what's, what movie did you, have you recently watched? And they went full in depth telling us all about their life. Um, and the more we can create these sort of people inside of our list and actually create a relationship with them. Um, yeah, that's a valuable, valuable asset to have rather than just focusing on acquisition. Um, cool. And I thought I might wrap this up with list managers uh, you should avoid, especially if you like losing money, is um, if they don't understand the principles of direct response copywriting. So what do I mean by that? Well, um, it might not be a good idea if you're looking to hire someone who is just really good at emails itself. So if you decide to say like outsource this to uh, like a $10 an hour email writer in the Philippines or whatever else, um, it makes a lot of sense if someone understands how a customer goes from ad landing page 
sales letter or video sales letter to email and the follow-up after that, because it makes everything congruent because you know exactly where the customer is at the start, where they're going, um, and just understanding that funnel is, is pretty key. Uh, someone who's not able to intertwine personality into and making the writing relatable, like I mentioned before, the relationship, super, super key. Um, and the third thing, and this is a cool thing I want to show you, is that someone who doesn't know how to get their clients' emails out of the primary tab. So like I mentioned before, um, here is the Gmail promotions tab where a lot of emails land. So you can see Flight Center's there, JD Road is there, Audible from Amazon is even there, Australian Marketing Institute. And uh, as you can see, they've got a very promotional last chance conversion optimization. Um, I don't have the stats, but who here actually checks their promotion tabs for email? Like, I don't think, I don't think a lot of us do. Um, it's, it's where they all go die. So I spent a shitload of money learning how to understand how to get them into the primary tab ethically above board conventionally with Google. Um, because I'm doing this case study here, I thought it might do a dramatic demonstration on camera. Um, this is me doing it the other day with a client. Um, I don't know if you hear the sound, but let's just get it up. Can you hear the sound coming through your audience? Okay. That's okay. I'll just walk through it while I'll narrate while it's happening. Okay. So normally when I test people's, so normally I will test people's emails if they're landing in the primary tab or the promotions tab. So this was one guy's emails, email here. So you can see that same email that I sent in the, um, in the test phase lands in the promotion tab where it lands with all the other offers and then same email I've sent landing in the primary tab. And then I'm pretty sure I'll do a second example. Yep. Second example, that's where it normally lands in the first testing phase and then same email landing in the primary tab. Cool. That's just all I wanted to show you. So that's something unique that, um, I bring to the table and um, bring to your client's table as well is the deliverability part. Cause it's one thing to be able to write good copy, create a great offer, tell stories, but if it's not landing in the primary tab, it's not going to get opened. If it's not going to get opened, it's not going to get clicked on. If it's not going to get clicked on, you won't get as many sales. That's, that's the end thing. And um, yeah, that's part of the reason why I was able to more than double um, John's open rate here. All right. So, Quick summary of what a good list manager knows how to combine. It's automations, storytelling, influential writing, deliverability, and the full spectrum of copywriting from ad landing page, sales letter, and email. Um, cool. So this is the redundant part. So if you're looking for someone to revive your dead uh, email list, start filling your calendar with leads. And finally, if someone to just own the list so you don't need to think about the backend marketing, you can click the button below <coughs> to apply. And where does that button take you? Well, it takes you to this page here, which is my client's results page. If you want to have a look at more in depth, um, got some video testimonials. I've got plenty more screenshots and just keeps going, 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 going. And then down the bottom, there's a calendar embed here that you can have a look to apply and book in a time with me. Um, and if you're not ready, that's cool too. You can check out my podcast, Storytelling Secrets. I give away all my secrets for free. I'm pretty much documenting my whole journey right now. 
I've been doing that since I was a gym instructor and I'm still doing it to this day. And it's super fun. So you can check that out on um, iTunes. Um, I, excuse me. I'm also on YouTube where I do a similar sort of thing to the podcast, but it's a bit more polished, um, showcasing all my discoveries and insights and what's working with clients right now. And um, yeah, that is it for today. Um, I am going to stop sharing and I'll leave, bring it over to you guys. So spoiler alert, I don't think actually <laughs> they never bought and I wasn't surprised either. I just I just knew they weren't the right client. I just thought, hey, why not just uh, record this case study and maybe something will happen. So if you're curious about behind the scenes, if they actually bought, they did not. You know why? Because they they just weren't a good fit. Um, and I already knew like they had a list of about a thousand people and they're not, they're not going to be listening to this podcast either. I guarantee that. Um, don't burn bridges, Jules. Hey, I'm not. Just telling you the facts. So that's today's episode. Hope you got a few things from that. I was just, um, you know, a bit self-indulgent, <laughs> and uh, I I listened to some of that episode just now, and some of the things that I did unconsciously that I just picked up just then. If you're still listening now, you got some extra tips at the end. Um, when I listed how people are doing emails wrong, email marketing wrong, and here's what they normally do. I referred to the case study video, uh, sorry, case study email. I didn't say, I didn't throw everyone under the bus by saying you're an idiot. This is not how you do it, you freaking idiot. <laughs> I said, look, it's not your fault because one, you might not have the bandwidth to think about a strategy or two, you just don't know the strategy and you know that's why I'm here to help you today completely different switch from just being like don't do it like this you idiot <laughs> just have a bit of empathy um so yeah that was cool to reflect being like <laughs> i'm talking copy without even trying to and that's what this game does after a while you just unconsciously do it so a little tip there if you enjoy the episode today leave a review really appreciate it other than that thanks for joining the podcast today